Wednesday afternoon from Freight Alley and a friendly shout out to all my uh, state trooper friends in Tennessee. Yeah, we had well, we had a good time. We got an invite from uh, from Tritium to go up to Lebanon, Tennessee yesterday, yeah. which is uh, from here. It's close to Nashville, right? It's right on the outskirts yeah, yeah. of Nashville, yeah, about twenty three miles east yeah. or something like that. Yeah, not much going on in Lebanon, um, but if you were there, there'd be plenty to do over in the Nashville area. But they they built a gigantic. EV charging facility yeah. there. It was really interesting. They're an Australian company. They got into these government grants over here. At the event, you had a ton of players in the EV space that we got to meet. There'll be a full segment that we shot there that we'll be putting out later, but it was a good time. One of the coolest things I saw, though, and I hope someone does this at F3. If it's not us at Freightways, <laughs> one of you steal this idea because this was freaking awesome. It's the swag bar. And how this worked is you walk up and they have these reusable bags and they have these t-shirts and you pick your size and you tell them what you want. And then show this next screen right here. You go over to the screen printer. They show you what to do. You pick your favorite logo that you want to put on your shirt. You rub it on there. They put it in that little Subway uh, sub toaster. Yeah. It's about 45 seconds to come through. Yeah. And you got yourself a fresh shirt or a reusable bag. You got people yeah. stuck there for like three minutes staring at your logo, deliberating right. about your logo. But here was the real secret sauce. It wasn't just like the booth. It was how we heard about the booth. And it was word of mouth and word of T-shirt. People holding these things. Yeah, go What is it? Go see. Oh, you got to go check out that booth over there. And totally different T-shirts. They have a company called Hip Hughes. You connect with them. They're over there, a Nashville-based company. Hip Hughes will hook you up and they can get you at your event. They are minority-owned, women-owned, and run business. Well, I wish I knew about this for yesterday. I mean, for tomorrow. Because tomorrow we have a very special What the Truck After Dark coming up, 7 p.m. Eastern time. Right here. That looks great with uh, AWS and Stratus Grid, myself and the dude. You can watch that live on Freightways TV and I believe our YouTube as well. And of course, it'll be available on demand on audio and all those other good things. But let's tip the band and we'll get over to Rachel Premack. Surge Transportation thinks non-competes are stupid. Non-competes chase away good talent and stop talented people from joining the supply chain industry. Tear up your non-compete. It isn't enforceable. Instead, email jobs at surgetransportation.com and open what your own office <laughs> tomorrow just realized i was stealing your line <laughs> oh they have four words i get to say and he takes one of them Look editorial director at freightways it's <laughs> rachel premax she says truckers are peeved at the supreme court why what's going on rachel hey yeah so the entire industry definitely you know is not happy with the supreme court right now uh one there's two big reasons the Supreme Court did not uh, basically hear two cases related to freight earlier this summer. One was, of course, the AB5 case where the California Trucking Association said that uh, this law was preempted by federal law that, you know, the state of California can't uh, say whether or not truck drivers can be uh, classified as uh, independent contractors or employees. The other law that, uh, or the other case that the Supreme Court did not weigh in on involves C.H. Robinson and whether or not you can sue a freight broker for a negligence claim. Wow. 
Yeah, it's really interesting that, I mean, you, we want involvement, we want clarity, right? Yeah. And then when there's no action, it seems to be very, very, I mean, both sides, when they when they interfere with your life, you get upset. When they don't, you get upset, right? And it sure. seems like we need to have a better gauge of, of how to do this. But, I mean, it, it is, it's really now the stuff is open to those states, and it's kind of that, like, okay, if I'm in California, it's this way, but if I'm in Texas, it's that way, and if I'm here, and how do I cross Are those Are states' lines, rights right? good for, for trucking? I think yes and no, but the problem is that, you know, you have a contiguous body of 48 states and that could be 48 laws. So you're basically trying to run a company that is you, you all you instead of running in one country, you're running in 48 different countries could be the result of some of these things, especially when you look at employee classification or you look at, um, you know, whether or not you as a freight broker, for example, could be sued for a uh, for a collision of some sort. Interesting. So, what is the feedback you've been hearing from drivers around these two issues? So, not a ton around the broker question, which makes sense because they're not brokers. Uh, yeah. The eighty-five uh, concern. There's a lot. There's kind of a feeling among drivers that you know, okay, that's happening in California. That's not really something that I could imagine spreading to other states, you know, attorneys and executives see a little bit differently. They're watching uh, Massachusetts, Illinois, New Jersey. These are states that have um, independent contractor type laws on the books or they're developing laws like that. Uh, And they're a little bit concerned that something could happen there as well. But it is interesting because, you know, truck drivers themselves in California, we've seen a lot of pushback and anger towards the uh, implementation of AB5. So even though it's really challenging to be an owner operator, uh, at the ports of Southern California specifically, or, you know, ports of, uh, Oakland as well, um, they also aren't comfortable with this new AB5 system, or at least that's what these protests are, are indicating. What did you think about that swag bar that we showed before you came on? It looks good. It looks good. I What was the conference you guys were at exactly? Well, it wasn't even a conference. It was the grand opening of uh, this big factory that Tritium is opening. They make EV chargers, and they had people from Australia. They had all these big names from all these other EV companies mm-hmm. on site. So they went all out. They had, like, valet parking over there. They had a big tour. They had a live band playing. They had um, that oh. swag bar that we saw. It was, it was a good time. They did it right. I went to a conference um, in late 2019 where they gave everyone socks that have trucks on them. So that was fun. That could be something that we could consider for freight waves. Unfortunately, they only gave out male socks, but, you know. That's okay. Yeah, we're <laughs> lobbying right now to have some giant, like, flags, like, what the truck flags, because it's a festival. And well, you yeah. can't have like a festival without flags. Yeah. Yeah, Is there- you got, yeah. And well, then only one bathroom and one place to get water, though, right? Yes. Oh, like Coachella. Yeah, Yeah. that would be terrible. Is there anything in particular you (laughs) want to see in the swag? We're talking to a lot of marketers today. So any uh, we got the guy from store here. We got the guy from next trucking on the show. So when you're at an event, what do you what really catches your eye at a booth? I'm trying to think, you know, I don't know. I would say. Gosh, I wish you asked me this before because I could have really thought about something. I honestly feel like I have way too many notebooks, way too many pens, definitely something outside of the normal kind of like pens or notebooks or whatever. I would say whatever you do, 
maybe make not so many of them, but make them high quality. Cause I feel like sometimes mm. I get like mm. once I received like this huge package of like six different, I forget if it was like pens or like cups or water bottles or something, but it was like, why didn't you just give me one good one instead of like six crappy ones? <laughs> so whatever yeah. you do, just like, you know, uh, quality over quantity for sure. I mean, I use a pen like twice a month now. My hands, like I had to fill out some labels, send people <clears throat> like yourself included, Rachel, I had to send your what the truck hat. And I realized just like how much my ability to even write has atrophied. Like my uh, calligraphy is, is embarrassing. My, you did my, the good nuns on that ribbon yesterday. Really though. Pissed at me. <laughs> Wait, oh, yeah. there was a ribbon at this event and I, we weren't sure. Like they just put it out and they put a pen by it to, to sign it. So we went over and we you yeah. know, signed our names and said, good luck from, from what the truck. And then afterwards we were like, Maybe that was just for like the founders, like the stuff. dignitaries, like His Excellency uh, from Australia. Send <laughs> her to the wheel. Oh, well, let's do that. What do you? Oh got wait, here? I have one other swag thing. It's not oh. swag exactly, okay. but but I think it would be really cool to have like. So I went to a wedding on Saturday where they just had like a few Polaroid cameras, and I think it'd be cool to just have like a Polaroid camera. People can take pictures and like maybe at the bottom of the Polaroid, it says, you know, whatever your company is, or maybe you have like a photo booth. That's my, that's my. Yeah. Uh, and the ability to share to social media with the event hashtag. I think we go. should have a fair, thorough, yeah. a thoroughfare of games, a fair game, like carnival games. Yeah. And then, you know, the, those that come with a booth, they have to sponsor their favorite carnival games. And we'll right? put so, all you know. of our enemies. Yeah. In each yeah, one. Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. Like the water thing. What was the wheel of stupid questions? The wheel of stupid questions is if you were a trucker, oh, yeah. if you were a trucker, what do you think would be the worst pet to bring on the road? Ooh. I feel like a cat would be a little frustrating because they'd be like climbing all over the place. I think a cat would be a bit frustrating. I think a snake could definitely like end up somewhere that don't want it to go. And then like, you know, uh, faster would strike. Um, And probably a porcupine or some other sort of like spiky creature. Um, I'm going to go with snake. Snake. Snake would be bad. Snake pet. Snake would be bad. Yeah. I mean, unless you got a like a. What do they call them? A terrarium or something? Yeah. Or something. Well, Rachel, I know you're going on a road trip next week, so you won't be here. Enjoy your time out with your fiance driving around North America. Thanks so much. Wow. <laughs> road trip around Go subscribe US. to Moats. Heard that. Yeah, do it. Hey, Mike Bush, head at comms and brand at NXT Trucking, reached out to me recently. And you know, every year we do dogs of trucking. Yeah. On what's trucking. I'd been thinking about it. I'm like, when are we going to do dogs of trucking? But we've just had like, I don't know. I just hadn't had time to put the call to action out there. So then Mike reached out and he said, hey, we have this awesome deal going on with Operation Roger. Well, he's here with us now. We'll have him come on. They'll tell us about what's going on. Hello. Mike, thanks for coming on What the Truck. Oh, guys, thanks so much for having me on. It's a, it's a privilege to meet you all. And Dooner, thanks for all the support you've given us on social for this initiative. Oh, yeah. I, w- I was overjoyed when you sent it. It was like my ears were burning because we do this every year. We yeah. usually do it during the dog days of summer and it was already getting near the end of August. So when you mentioned, I was like, let, let's round them up. Let's round up these dogs. And you know what? It's worked really well. We'll show some dogs in just a minute here. But tell us about your sort of call to action. What are you doing with Operation Roger? Yeah, so Operation Roger got started in 2005 uh, by a long-haul truck driver named Sue Wise. And uh, her her four-legged companion or four-legged team driver was a dog named Roger. Um, and the, the charity really took off around Hurricane Katrina. 
what she realized is that there were all these pets that were left behind in New Orleans that really didn't have a way to get brought back to their family. So being a professional truck driver, she reached out to her network of drivers and said, look, can we pick up a bunch of dogs as we're coming through town and identify, you know, who's driving to Kansas, who's driving to Arkansas, who's driving to L.A. and put the put dogs that are in need of rescue uh, on trucks and bring them back to their families. So it was a tremendous, cool idea to start. And it's grown over the years. They, they, they've rescued more than a thousand dogs, uh, both in natural disasters and, and in circumstances where a dog gets lost in the move. That is wow. very cool. So, Mike, how did you get involved or what, what was the initiative or, or the event that, that caused you to get involved and, and jump on board with this? Yeah, you know, so, so Friday is International uh, Dog Day. Uh, mm. On social media, so so next next has a long history of being a dog friendly company. When we had a, when we were working virtually, we were a pet friendly office. If you check out our YouTube, we've actually put like little cameras on the back of dogs and let them run around to see see what it's like to to have a day in the office. But you know, as we realized, hey, there's this big big kind of social media day coming up. How do we engage in a way that's more meaningful than saying, okay, look, I want you know, let, let's post five pictures of office dogs. Let's do something cool. Um, so I've actually really wanted to work with Operation Roger for about three years now. And this was the first time we had kind of the perfect opportunity. We had a little bit of quiet time. And it was just a, a phenomenal time to, to your point of saying it's dog days of summer. It just felt like the perfect kind of opportunity to jump in and say, let's help this organization. So our approach right now is uh, anybody that sends a dog uh, picture to info at nexttrucking.com or uh, tags us on Twitter, uh, Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, whatever, with a picture of their dog, we're donating $5 to the charity. Oh, you know what? And I already put that out there. Roll this tape. Let's take a look at some good boys right now that have been submitted by the freight community. Let's have this run. See, it's next in Operation Roger get together. And these are truckers, brokers, people across supply chain who have submitted their dogs in a in all different states of enjoyment within their homes. Some of these are in <laughs> trucks. Awesome. The thumbnail for today's episode is actually my buddy, Pat Roach. Those two Siberian Huskies you see. Oh, there's my puppy right there. Those two Siberian Huskies that you see on the cover. I believe he said they, unfortunately, they've passed away. But oh. we have them on there in tribute to the amazing dogs, especially those that drive around with truckers. With us, Kaylee Nix's dog I just saw on there. Wow, that this is guy very, walking very cool. You seen any dog? That's Rooster's dog. You seen any dogs you like so far? Yokiro, I just saw Taco Bell dog. <laughs> <laughs> Yokiro. Mike, which one are you taking home with you? Uh, so, Dieter, I don't know if you've got her in here. There's a picture of a dog playing in a pool. That's my, that's my dog. So I, I've oh. got to start with that one. Nice. Ah, very, well, very I know cool. that my puppy ended up in the uh, next slack, so I appreciate that. Anytime you can get your dog uh, outside your own company wall slack into other ones. You oh, know, yeah. No, famous, famous. Dog's famous. Mike, how, any idea on this on the impact you guys have had? I mean, one one dog getting reunited with its owner is a huge impact, in my, yeah. in my opinion. I've had dogs, love dogs, and that's huge. But any idea the scope of what you're hitting here? Yeah. So, uh, dude, I'll tell you. So, so far, the organization has reunited more than a thousand dogs with the families. Um, cool. And at the same time, for us, for us right now, we've already got more than a hundred dog pictures. Our goal is to donate five thousand dollars to the organization to to help them just you know find more truckers. Uh, the other thing that they do that I think is really interesting is they they will rely on a relay system where they've got volunteers who say, okay, if you're you're a driver driving from LA to Phoenix, but this dog needs to make it to Dallas, they've got houses in Phoenix, sort of safe houses where the dog can stay for a couple of days until there's a driver that's going from Phoenix to Dallas. So the network of drivers that that Sue has built is just amazing. You know, we want to turbocharge that for or find out opportunities to to work with them and just do really great things for for dogs and families. Wow. Well, we got some advice on traveling with your dog from some truck drivers on the best beds to use. Here's a couple suggestions that we got. One was from Windsor Hayes. They said, 
I took two sheets of wood, a hinge joint, and some sticky foot safety tape, measured from the back uh, rest to the dash, from the dash to the floor, assembled the wood and hinge joint with these lengths in mind, slapped the sticky safety tape to the top board, and then they just affixed a bed right to it. So a little customization needed in go. that truck. Um, Daddy from Cincinnati, he says Costco makes a bed that fits in really well. You just need to put on a couple cases of water. I don't know, it seems important to lift the beds up for a lot of these guys. Uh, Emergency Elephants is a little pricey for a dog bed, but very durable. He suggests the Carhartt dog bed, which is available online. And uh, Wibbygog says, my dog has free range of the bottom bunk. That's his bed. I just sleep in the top bunk. <laughs> Mike, you have any advice for traveling with your own dog? Oh, you know, you know, dude, th- th- these guys are really close to, to, to my heart. Uh, when my wife and I moved from New York to L.A., um, our dog got lost in the mail. Our, uh, the airline lost our dog, sent the dog to Dallas. And thankfully, we were able to find her after a couple of days. But to me, you know, it's just a matter of like, I, I love the idea of, of not putting a dog on a plane if you can avoid it, because, you know, so many dogs pass away on the airplanes. Um, I think, you know, road, road trips are great with puppies. And in terms of, of when it comes to, to driving, you know, other than making sure the dog is potty trained, um, you know, just enjoy the heck out of it. Wow. Yeah, it's a huge mental boost too, right? Yeah. I mean, mental mental uh, illness in, in truck drivers is a real thing with loneliness and that type of stuff. And dogs can certainly help with that, right? Yeah. Mike, how long are you accepting the uh, the submissions of these dog picks for? Because as you said, $5 from each dog goes to this charity. Yeah, Dino, we're going to run this through uh, through the end of Friday. Nice. Not bad. So there's still some time left. And as I look on here, I keep getting notifications online on Twitter, on LinkedIn, and in the company Slack from the dogs of Freight Waves. People are like, send in our dog, send in our dog. Well, for those who did, sorry you didn't make the cut on the show, but the ones that we did get in here, we appreciate it very much. Before we let you go, we showed you that swag bar at the beginning of the show where you could print your own shirts. How do you think of that? Do you think that'll elevate a booth at a conference? Or what's your take on the perfect conference booth to bring that foot traffic to your brand? So. I, I'm old school enough that that the old trick used to be I want the the first booth people see when they walk in into a trade show floor. I want to be the first one they see, and I want to do drawstring backpacks with my logo on it, so that as people walk around, pick up the pens, water bottles, and other stuff that they don't necessarily want, they're walking around with my logo on their back. Yeah, something something uh, utilitarian for the uh, for the show. Yeah, be first. That's a good idea. That's a good idea. What's a good, what do you think? Stupid uh, question. Yeah, send them there before. Let's we go. do it, man. If you were a trucker, well, there you go. What do you think is the worst pet to bring on the road? Skunk. Skunk. I yeah. I, I got to go with a skunk. Skunk. Even, even if the, even if he's been desprayed, I don't feel so good about that, especially in a in a closed cab. Yeah, smart move. And I, it might just yeah. freak some people out, too. They see a skunk just roaming around your truck. Well, that and, could be good, though, right? A watch skunk. Might not be good for the dating life. <laughs> no, yeah. Oh, yes. No one's going to break into your yeah, truck and get a yeah, skunk yeah, in see there. see that and go, uh-uh. Good, good <laughs> well, Mike, we appreciate it very much. People who want to send more dogs, where do we send them to? Uh, you can find all the details about us at uh, nexttrucking.com. Uh, e- email info at nexttrucking.com. Uh, I'm on Twitter at, at Mike Bush, and then Next Trucking uh, on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn, or any place else you might find us. And also, let's fo- let's be honest, fo- follow Dooner because nobody's been a, a better advocate for us that, on this initiative than he has. Oh, well, hey, you go, thank you. I appreciate that. Little cowbell for you, sir. Thanks for coming out. We'll have you back on again soon. Thanks, guys. Take it easy. Wow. Yeah, looking at all the dogs and the, and the reaction that you've been getting, I've been watching it on Twitter and all yeah. that kind of stuff. Um, next trucking might go broke. 
that, well, we've given all that money to Operation yeah, yeah. to the Operation Dog Company. I mean, there's a lot of a lot of people donating, which is really excellent to see. It hey, really look, is. we've been advocates for change in this industry yes. and how things are presented Absolutely. and how podcasts are presented and memes and humor and how we do this show is yeah. very different than how shows were done before we came around. There's a company out there that is doing marketing that way. They've embraced meme culture. They've taken the trends that are happening and seen the response and the uh, tension relief I think it creates for you. We had Boris on here. Remember, we did the Freight Meme Championship yes. back in February. We asked those guys, and we said to Paul and Boris, and we're like, why do you think it is you two have managed to get freight community to embrace meme culture? And he's like, it's a stressful business. People see it, and it cuts through the tension. I thought it was a great point. I think it's an awesome point. I mean, you got to reach people. You cut through the tension. You get that humor. And sometimes it's not even about the brand being recognized. It's just rem remembering that commercial. It is. Right? It sure it's is. Well, let's talk to one of the best at it. It is Mario Paganini, Vice President of Marketing at Storage, and he's wearing his awesome Mario hat. I love it, man. I would wear it, and I couldn't let you down. I, uh, you know, didn't have time to grow the mustache in, uh, in the window between when we hooked up and getting on the show, but maybe next time, like first year and a half of, of COVID, I just didn't shave it at all and was rocking the total Mario look, but uh, maybe we'll bring that back, but Appreciate you guys bringing me on. You guys have nicer things to say about stored than uh, than even I do. So appreciate it. Yeah, <laughs> shout out to shout out to Boris. He is uh, he's my guy and a big inspiration. We're all huge fans of of his and both of you guys on uh, on the team here at Stored. I'm well, just I'm really just wondering how you went from being a star of Nintendo games to yeah. marketing. How was that switch like? <laughs> <laughs> You know, at the at, at the end of the day, it's about figuring out how to provide a great experience to, to people. And I think that one of the things that this industry is starting to to learn and maybe forgot for a while on the sales and marketing side is that at the end of the day, if you're creating a positive emotional reaction with with folks, if you're doing things that they like, if you're creating value in their lives, people are going to people are going to remember you. And, uh, you know, I think that uh, I have this cheat code of having the Mario name and embracing the the Mario attitude and sure. uh, for for many folks of you know many generations even older than, than than me that creates that immediate kind of emotional reaction so I'm uh, I'm certainly no stranger to living in the shadow of the real Super Mario but trying to become the Super Mario of supply chain marketing here well I mean based on the hat you got to be an expert show them this wall jump right here rate this Mario oh, yeah. Luigi wall jump Take skills. This is real life. No CGI here. You think you could pull that off, Mario? Eight point seven out of ten. Pretty solid. So why? Where does wow. the one? Where do they lose the one point three? Oh no! This is this is dope. There's no chance that I can do that. <laughs> but I'm just not convinced that there isn't someone somewhere out there that could do something even crazier. You see these like firefighter climbing competitions and there's some crazy people out there. So I would say the 8.7 on a normal person scale is completely unobtainable by 99.999% of the population. But it's yeah. like, I watched the uh, El Prez, the pizza review guy. And he's definitely taught me that if you, you know, start throwing out those 9.5s, mm. 10s out of 10s, there's just nowhere, nowhere to, to go from, from there. So that's the best uh, in, in person or real life. Mario wall jump I've seen, but I'm leaving a little bit of a window open in case someone comes up and, you know, brings something even cooler. You know, I, I like, and the positivity just permeates from his voice. You know, it's funny. I think of 
everything you sort of post, especially on social media, as a form of marketing. If it's not for your company, it's, it's, it's for yourself. You know, what you're putting out there is important. I love your focus on the positivity because there's some people like, I know we're doing it. We've had haters and critics sure. who are like, that's not the way freight should look. It should be like a webinar and you shouldn't use humor and you shouldn't make fun of things and you shouldn't have opinions and you should just read press releases and you should just do all of these things. <laughs> there was recently a post on LinkedIn and someone was just hating on memes. Oh, get off my lawn. Meme culture yeah. <laughs> is terrible, which I thought was interesting because first of all, what meme culture is doing is this really positive thing, right? They're brightening and people's meme, day. Right? Well, hating on memes was a meme. Like well, it was an ancient meme. That situation. Down with yeah, protests. it was an ancient meme. It was like an ancient talking animal style office space kind of uh, meme, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but like they still had, and maybe that was the frustration. Maybe some people are frustrated because they see that it's doing so well. They're incapable of having a sense of humor. So they don't know how to put that stuff yeah. behind their brands. Uh, what is your philosophy yeah. though? And were you concerned at all when you're going into this stuff that, oh, maybe people won't take stores seriously if I come on in a Mario hat or I use um, Game of Thrones or Lord of the Rings memes? Yeah, it's always a, a concern. But to me, once you realize that if you're just going to play like everyone else out there, do the boring blog post, boring press release, you know, buy a booth that no one's going to care about at, at, at a trade show. Once you realize that if your strategy, if your goal is to obtain these outsized results, create a new category, revolutionize an industry, drive more sales than all the other people that are competing for the same customers as you. Once you understand that that's what you want to achieve, the game theory is so unbelievably clear that while, sure, do I have anxiety about what we're doing? Of course I do. But I know with 100% certainty that if all we were to do is go out and copy and do the same things that other people in this industry have been doing for decades and decades and decades, you know, there are people in this industry that have been selling and marketing since before Sean and Jacob, the co-founders of, of Storb, were even born. And so if we're going to come out and play like everyone else and expect to have better results than everyone else, that's just, you know, lunacy. That's just stupidity. And so once we kind of overcame that realization and we looked at ourselves and said, well, there's only two choices. We can play like everyone else and we can lose or we can try to build a new game and get those outside outsized the results. You know, we got a lot more comfortable pushing the envelope because, you know, whenever I'm worried about, you know, hit and post or I'm worried about, you know, how something's going to be received, I continually remind myself that, you know, there is no other option. The option of playing it safe is a guaranteed path to failure for for stored. And you know, once we overcame that, I, I think that we we really started to fall into our groove and something that that I truly believe in is that if you don't have anyone hating on you, if you don't have anyone who's saying, whoa, 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 I can't believe you did that. Like you can't do that. That's actually a good thing. If mm -hmm. you don't have anyone having that reaction, I can almost guarantee you that there's no one else having that. Holy crap. That's the coolest thing I've ever seen. I can't believe those guys are doing that. So, you know, if you're sitting in a room and you're pitching an idea and everyone in the room is like, Okay, yeah, that seems pretty good. I'm I'm comfortable with it. You know, no <laughs> yeah, way in heck that, that's not uh, good. That anyone's going to be blown away by that. I I love it. You know, in a former life, I put out a, a an an ad for uh, pushing tracking on people's shipments, right? And yeah. it said the ad was, "Are you as sick of calling us to find out where your shipment is as we as we are of getting your phone calls?" And it was <laughs> to sign up to get these things, right? 
I got roasted for it, right? But I mean, it got a lot of positive traction, but I got roasted yeah. for it. You have done some stuff online that is really, <laughs> that is a little bit further out there for that. How nervous were you when you put out some of those, some of those, yeah. some of those videos that I've seen? I think we, we have uh, one, don't we? So no? We, uh, I mean, we, we, we've, we've done a, a bunch of stuff, but I think the thing that, the two things that kind of gave me the, the the most pause is when we were completely revamping the stored brand. So I, I came into stored uh, early last year and, and really spent kind of my my first months getting you know getting the ropes under me. And it was very clear to me that we were going to need to significantly revamp the way that we talk about ourselves, the way that we present ourselves. And yes, we created this exact video and we had this moment where you know we all believed in all of these private conversations we were having people kept saying my supply chain's fucked supply chains are fucked that's the way that people are talking that's the way that people are thinking but it still gave us this immense amount of pause to actually say it but eventually we said you know what if we go out there and say something that you know isn't going to blow anyone away you know, what are we doing? Why do we spend all this money building that? And so, you know, it was a big kind of leap of faith to roll out the new face of stored with a, you know, F-bomb coming out in the first, you know, 10 seconds of the new reveal of the the stored brand. But I think that the, the point that like really, really hit it home for me was we were going to a a trade show, pretty, you know, traditional type setup. And we were you know, getting one of these big banners to put behind your booth. And, you know, we were debating what to put on that banner. And we said, you know what, let's go for it. Let's put, you know, on F your supply chain on, on, on that banner. And, you know, the, the, I, I admittedly a uh, total cop out. I, my team made that banner and we sent a couple of our salespeople there to, to, to deal with it. So we, we, we did the damage and we didn't even go there to own it. And they were, you know, sweating bullets. But I remember after the very first day, one of our uh, one of our uh, first salespeople, Alex Kent, he's actually the host of the the store podcast. Uh, he hit me up and he's like, Mario, you're not going to believe how many people are coming to our booth. Like we are stopping the whole show and people are coming and taking photos by our booth. <sighs> and what really, really hit it home for me was someone comes up and says, Finally, someone is willing to talk about supply chain the way that we all think about it. And that was kind of the aha. It's that, you know, if you're going out and using profanity, it doesn't guarantee you're going to win. You have to understand what your audience really cares about. But if your audience is already thinking about these things in a profane way and thinking about these things like this, and you're just the first one who's willing to truly own it, there's an immense amount of value for you to capture. You know, there's some great points that you had in there. And one of them is sort of like the when I originally started podcasting was the concept of like, I was at a trade show and I'm like, everything people say on stage is effing bullshit. Everything they say in the hallway <laughs> is so much more real. It's yeah. so much what's happening. And yes. why is it the second people get on stage up here, it just becomes marketing copy and spiel. And we're not red pilling people at all. We're not talking about the things that people are actually thinking about it in the ways we think about it. They're completely sugarcoating it and, and sanding it down until it's, I don't know, a lot of times unlistenable. People just droning on, man. No, I, I agree with you. And I, I, I love it because, I, and I wasn't even thinking this way. It drew me in um, because I'll drop F-bombs like they're they're just, you know, raindrops. But uh, it, but it's the vernacular of, of the trucking industry. It's, it's always been that way, right? 
And now you're talking in a comfortable setting. Uh, and that's the way people talk anyways, whether it's a good day or not. Right. <laughs> that's, how they, oh. that's how they talk. And that is trucking for an act. Well, Mario, while we're on the topic of trade shows, we were, we were just at an event. We, they had the swag bar there. You could print your own t-shirt. You could pick from a variety of, of different logos from the company. We thought it was really cool for a number of reasons. One, it kept us engaged with the booth for, you know, three to five minutes as we were picking out, as we were waiting, as we talked to the staff over there, but also just the benefit of just seeing people walk around holding like the shirts and the reason like, where did you get that? Oh, there's this cool booth over there. What are your thoughts uh, other than using swear words to attract people to, uh, to a booth? Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, you're going to show up to a trade show and there's going to be dozens of other companies there. And so the first thing I can tell you is that if you're just going to go and have the normal booth, that looks like everyone else's, you know, good luck. I can tell you before it even starts that you're not going to, you know, attract any sort of real value. It doesn't, it's not that I have one specific secret that if you do this one thing, you're guaranteed to have success. But the question that every brand should be asking themselves before they make these, you know, oftentimes, you know, many thousands, tens of thousands of dollars investment to go and sponsor one of these trade shows is what about my brand experience? What about my booth experience is going to be the showstopper on the floor? And there's a lot of ways to achieve that, you know, putting out custom t-shirts is awesome. Um, I, I, this was not my idea. I saw someone else do it, another brand, you know, kind of totally different industry, but these guys called uh, lunchbox.io's their site. They've got a killer brand, very forward in their marketing. They got a tattoo artist into their, their booth. They're getting people tatted up with the, with the lunchbox logos in their booth. And that blew me away. Another wow. really cool thing that, uh, I saw someone do is they said, you know what, we're not even going to get a booth. We're just going to like pay, uh, you know, a bunch of, you know, teenagers or a bunch of college students to go in there and pass out free drink tickets and free food tickets. And then they, they go and they sponsor a food truck to park right outside of the show. You get better food, tacos, burritos, way better than whatever the, you know, crappy salads that are available there at the trade show. They ended up getting everyone at the trade show out to their taco truck to get free lunch. And then when you get your tacos from them, they're handing you a coupon and a drink ticket for an after party that they're throwing at a bar. And then I asked the, the folks who ran it and, you know, they were like, you know what, like the whole thing costs us less than just like buying the average size booth at this, uh, at this show. And so, you know, there's an example for, for stored, we were thinking about doing something at Modex in, in Atlanta. That's kind of our, our home home turf. And, you know, for less than the cost of just getting, you know, one average to small size booth compared to the behemoth booths of, you know, robots moving things of peanut butter that everyone's watching. You know, we ended up renting out a rooftop, uh, rooftop bar and we got this awesome band Yacht Rock review to come out and, you know, play a three hour set of awesome cover songs. And, you know, we had a few hundred people there rocking out and we actually closed one of our biggest clients ever from them attending that party. So, you know, it's not you have to do the party, you have to do the tattoos, you have to do the T-shirts, but you've got to have some perspective of what is my secret sauce that's going to get people to engage with me instead of the, you know, hundred other people that are trying to get their attention at that show. And if you don't have that, maybe don't even go. 
So it, yeah, like Yeti yeah. water bottles. Those are like table stakes now. Like yeah. last couple of events I went to, they were like a couple of years ago it was cool. It was like, oh, that's an expensive yeah. nice one. But now everybody has Yeti water bottles. So if you just have like a booth with a screen and some Yeti water bottles and hand sanitizer sitting out, like, yeah. sorry, I just walked past 600 other booths that are giving the, the same thing. Yeah, yeah. It, it doesn't is. really Yeah, do I was going to ask, is swag dead as we know it? Swag? And hopefully I, you're going to say yes, <laughs> as we know it. Anyway. <laughs> I mean, I would say it's not dead. We still could be completely honest. Like the number one way that, you know, that yeah. the thing that drives our, our VP of HR says this all the time and she's spot on. It's like the number one thing that actually drives internal motivation at stored is new swag. Like our employees mm. sure. can't get enough of sure it. it does. And we get external requests pretty often from, from customers to, to have our swag. So I would say swag's not dead, but it is more akin to what you just said. It's, table stakes no one's going to be blown away because you gave them a, a yeti or you gave them a t-shirt but at the end of the day it still is this expectation that you know companies employees have and companies partners have of them and the same advice i gave for the trade show booths should be applied to to the swag that if you're just going to go and get that generic ill-fitting t-shirt that no one's going to wear and put your logo on and give it to people you might as well just you know, save your money or use those to stay warm in the winter by lighting them on fire inside of an oil drum. But, you know, if you're going to go and do that, you know, if you're going to participate in this table stakes, go and, you know, make something that's going to be so damn cool that it's going to be the number one thing that comes out of someone's closet that they're going to be, you know, pumped out of their minds to, to wear it. And so many brands go the cheap steak route and they go and they get like this crappy ill-fitting t-shirt that no one's going to wear because it's cheaper when they could have spent 30, 40% more and gotten 50X the ROI on it because they're delivering something that people want to wear. Like I can't tell you the number of like random pieces of corporate swag that I've got sitting somewhere in my house or I've, I've, I've donated just because someone gave it to me and it's like, you know, it doesn't fit well. It's not comfortable. It's not cool looking. Why the heck would I ever wear this? And so there is this opportunity for someone to come in and if you give someone something that they're like, holy crap, that's awesome. Like, that fits well, that's super comfortable, the design's awesome. You know, if someone wants mm. to wear it, great opportunity. But so many brands just kind of go the generic, let me get some, you know, cheapskate t-shirts that don't fit well printed. I think you just gave us our, our booth idea for F3. Weather yeah. truck booth will have just a burning barrel. Yeah. And people can bring the swag that they don't yeah. want there. Oh, and yeah. just, it's yes. going to be November. Then keep so warm. Just, yeah. Just That's tough perfect. the crap you don't want in here. Perfect. We'll unload it for you. Yeah. It'll be great. And the, made... the, the, the like, the, you know, marketing one pagers that people are handing out. Like someone's going to be like, yep, let me like read all the stats about this company while I'm walking around. And, uh, toss that in your barrel too. <laughs> That'll be great. Hey, before we let you go, you made me a little hungry talking about those food tickets. So, Ooh, yeah. and I was looking on your LinkedIn bio, it said, you know, the secret to world-class chocolate chip cookies. What is it? Ooh, is he going to share? Ooh, this is going to be a, a controversial one. Oh, okay. So I have for 10 plus years been entirely vegan, entirely plant-based. So not only do I know the secret to world-class chocolate chip cookies, I'm doing it with no butter, no milk, no eggs. And so the secret sauce, the best like normal chocolate chip cookies you need to create a brown butter base to get that awesome taste. Most people don't have the patience to do it. And that's near impossible to do with a vegan butter because it just is a chemically different thing. So you put it in a pan and you just burn it. It tastes like crap. So what you got to do is you've got to go and take some, I found walnuts or pecans to work the best, chop those up real fine, and then you got to have the patience to simmer your vegan butter in those chopped up pecans for like a good 
30 minutes, but not too high so it doesn't burn. And then you got to strain that and then let it cool down to re-solidify. And then you proceed with making the cookies. That's all. I'll, I'll release that one. And then maybe if you guys have me on again, I'll, I'll drop, you know, one or two more of the secrets to the world's greatest vegan cookies. But uh, perfect. I love it. Great. Perfect. Love it. Well, where do, where do people, you have a great online social media presence. So does Stored. Where do we send people to uh, experience it? Store.com. Um, we've, uh, we, I, I'd like to say that we've got one of the coolest, if not the coolest B2B site you're ever going to see. We, you know, ultimately a lot of supply chain tech is so ominous, so obscure that people don't, don't know what the heck they're doing. One of my number one gripes with companies is you go and look at their website and you go, well, I don't know what the heck these folks even do. Hmm. So for, for, for stored, what we did is we built out this whole virtual 3d fictitious city with a port, with warehouses, with houses, with retail stores, with apartments, with freight trucks, with parcel trucks. And we actually literally show you in a live animated world the process of what port-to-porch logistics looks like and shows how Stored's technology is sitting on top of that experience and optimizing it. So check us out, Stored.com, Stored across. LinkedIn's definitely the channel where we probably post the most, but we're also on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And then I may be old school and not as hip as you guys might think I am, but for me, social media, I am only on LinkedIn. Mario Paganini on on LinkedIn or, you know, um, people always think my time's super valuable. They're mm. mistaken. I'm, you know, never too big to chat with folks individually. So Mario at stored.com, feel, feel free to reach out to me on email too. Good. And Great. keep, you know, keep fighting that Koopa family that's on LinkedIn that doesn't like the memes. <laughs> we'll drop the drawbridge. They'll fall in the fire. See you later. By the way, just little factors. You know, the president of Nintendo North America, his last name is Bowser. Like what are the odds? <laughs> that's probably how i got the job impossible thank you so much we appreciate you coming on today what was that little fish thing that was in there oh i don't know where did the fish, fish go thanks for the story no, i don't know guys. justin is is slacking me as i'm having this interview and he's like my chocolate chip cookies are better yeah but you're not oh. wearing a luigi or a mario hat super trucker bring this gentleman up here so i had to make you wait no i got i got all the real estate up here i'm still waiting on a sponsor well, what if we get that tattoo booth? We'll tattoo <laughs> a What right. the Truck logo on your head. Let's get them on air. Let's do it live at F3. Let's get donations <laughs> in here. zeros on that. Dustin, how's the day treating? You guys just moved, right? How was, uh, how was the experience? Did it work out well? You got a pod. Uh, pod was great. It was actually really cool watching them set it up. Um, they pretty much ask you what direction you want it orienting. So we, we rented two, and we had them facing each other, and they came on two different trucks. So that was a lot of fun watching them uh, pull up my driveway and not hit anything. Yeah, yeah. No, we saw them deliver it on the show on Wednesday. Mon- Mon- yeah, we, we saw some paws just flying across <laughs> the freeway on, uh, on the last show. <laughs> yeah. Well, hey, we're going to use your expertise to go through some trucking videos, trucking stories, and just trucking All stuff, right. Justin, as we usually do on Wednesdays. We'll start off here. Rate this strap work. Roll uh, this tape or this picture that we got here. Although, do they even have a strap? What's that strap? band is a strap. That is guy is a strap. No, that dude's just I mean, it's it. his life if he wants to risk it, but he's also risking everyone else on the road trying to dodge him. Yeah, that can't be legal, can it? <laughs> Absolutely not. Is that guy strapped you on got, He got pulled over yesterday in Tennessee for going like six miles over the speed I limit. was not going that fast, dude. Yeah, I know. You weren't going that fast. I really wasn't. They really weren't. That guy was just bored. There was like no one on the road either. It was probably the one ticket in that town this year. I mean, it was just like he a waited, seven people. <laughs> Stady, he waited until he went 
to pass a truck, right? And the truck was going slow. It was the pass mm. point. So yeah, you know when you're passing the truck, you're gonna get up to like 75, 80 just to get past it, and then you reduce. Yeah, speed. No, that guy was terrible. Yeah, they usually yeah. wait till you're 15 over because that's when the fines double. They must have been really yeah. bored or broke. Yeah, he got me. It was pretty good. It was pretty good fine. <laughs> what do you think of this breaking news from um, Fox Business right here? Freight Caviar shared this one right here. It's uh, it says Long Beach, California. They were they went out to the port live at 4:57 in the morning to report that companies are sharing truckloads to combat shipping struggles. Unheard of. Unheard of. It's crazy. <laughs> very, very, <laughs> very, very heard of, right? Mind-boggling. You know, this is what, you know, when you look at this, it's kind of funny because a lot of debate started online on that Freight Caviar one. People were like, isn't, well, isn't that just LTL? But it also shines light on another problem in trucking that a lot of people hate, which is partials. And partials is a little bit different than, than LTL. A lot of sure. times, for one, you're not even telling the shipper that you're sharing the load with somebody else. Yeah, and sometimes you are, but it's a milk run, but it's really not LTL. LTL's got to go through a hub and spoke network. Yeah. Be true LTL type of stuff. Yeah, they're right? just throwing everything into yeah. one and go, stop here, stop here, yeah, stop yeah, here. Yeah, 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 yeah. You ever get any, any yeah, of these partials? The not usually. Uh, most of the time, it was all truckload. Uh, I did LTL for a little bit, and you, with LTL, you're picking up like one pallet, two pallets max. Yeah. The only time I did partials was with Schneider, and that was on a dedicated run. So it'd be, you know, one pickup, but then like five, six, seven deliveries. Yeah. The only you get you get exposed to shortages and damages that way and 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 certain things yeah. when you're when you're running through there. But a lot of them use bulkheads between Whenever the two, so. I see stuff like this though on the news, it makes me nervous about every other information like all the information I hear that I don't know as much about. Like everything is is wrong, and it's said by people who don't know what they're talking about. So they make yeah. something that is kind of nothing seem like, ah, oh, this is this big great idea. People are sharing chocolates. No, it's been happening. Yeah, since science been fiction author Michael Crichton called that the Gelman amnesia effect, where yeah. if you're an expert in the, in the industry and you're reading a headline in a newspaper, you go through the article and you're like, oh, this is crap. This is crap. They don't know what they're talking about. But then you go on to the next article and you're like, okay, they must know what they're talking about. <sighs> That's exactly what that amnesia effect is. Yeah. That's like a reverse Dunning-Kruger or something, right? Well, I guess the Dunning-Kruger <laughs> could happen yeah. afterwards yeah. because you know a little bit about something. It makes you think you're an expert about some article yep. you read, even though you you have no yeah, yeah. idea. This just in, trucks yeah. burn diesel. <laughs> yeah. What about what about this suspension here? Look at what this truck driver does to this uh, this motorcycle rider. Only suspended three days. Some Redditors seem to think it was too harsh. Some think it was uh, justified. Some don't think he should be suspended at all. They said that motorcycles are always doing stupid stuff like that, trying to go on their left in places they shouldn't be. Yeah, and some people said that you know motorcycles are allowed to split lanes, but he's not splitting lanes. He's riding the shoulder, but two wrongs don't make a right in this scenario. Plus, you know, with the size difference of the truck, you're going to kill that guy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that dude, the driver, uh, he just needs to relax. They need to give him a chill pill is what he needs. He, he needs to relax a little exactly. bit. Why is, what, where the he's hell is that aiming. driver going that he's worried about this this motorcycle? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Unless, unless there's a line of bikes behind him, I don't see him saving any time by cutting him off. Putting yeah, his life at risk. he's really not doing anything other than getting frustration out in a bad way. Well, the old timers <laughs> and the responsible yeah. guys, they always remind us during these videos that that is a professional driver. Now, the guy on the motorcycle yeah. may not be, but you, sir, with the CDL are a professional driver yep. so doing crap like that that's not professional and that's you're not going to win no. that argument with the no. court of law or with the court no. of public opinion if you crush no, that, that company's got to do something retribution to the i mean to that driver he's got to be punished in some way otherwise they're exposing themselves to exactly you know it's got their company logo on there and cameras yeah. are everywhere yeah. so yeah no they can't just ignore on that. them 
You know, we do a Turkey of the Year award. I, I think this guy's a, this next guy's a candidate for like optimist, most optimist dry, uh, optimistic driver. Oh yeah, Let's check out this, this video guy. here. Rate this guy's optimism. <laughs> yeah, what do you think he's trying to do here? Do you think <laughs> oh, he just thought this. it would break right through? Man, I got no idea. I mean, it's not even like it's high enough that the cab can fit under. I mean, it's yeah. He's gonna be driving a convertible trying to get through there. I think he's it's pro- just somebody <laughs> new or panicking, had no idea where to go. Obviously, wherever he's trying to get to, they don't want trucks in. I mean, that's, re- that's a really low bar. You think he's in there ducking oh, sure. a little bit while he's going underneath it? <laughs> <laughs> they say the bar is really low in trucking. Yeah. Man, is there to prove it. <laughs> what about this yeah. one? You ever spend overnight in the truck stop? Can you relate to this one? Roll this video right here. He starts moving. Oh, yeah, the panic. <laughs> so what? what is that? Is it just like... Your natural reaction to the sound of, of motion? No, it's like the equilibrium. You know, your eyes are are tricking you into thinking that something is moving. It makes you think you're moving backwards. Mm-hmm. So if the truck if the truck next to you is rolling forward, and it's like um, have you ever been inside of a an electric car or a hybrid, and then they start rolling, and you're not really sure. paying attention, and you think like, oh, is everything else around me moving? It's, yeah. it's kind of that same thing. It's your eyes aren't matching what your brain is telling you. The disconcerting thing in those hybrids is when you're in like eco mode and they just turn off at a light. Yeah. Like everything yeah. just turns off yeah. and you're like, I just died. My car just died. The last time that happened yeah, my, to me, I was going to a dead concert. Was that? <laughs> I was going to a dead concert the last time that happened. Oh, you were at a hybrid? <laughs> wow. <laughs> Bar- uh, and Bar- the and everything else was moving around. Oh, no. <laughs> How about this one here? So a lot of people, when they think about trucking and pee bottles, they think it's a myth. They, if they're a truck driver, they know it's real. But I think a lot of people think it's something that is used mostly when a truck driver is driving. However, listen to this tape right here. My morning routine as a trucker is really chill. The first thing I do when I wake up is I pee in a bottle. But Alex, why don't you use the bathroom at the truck stop you're parked at? Well, it's because it takes like 15 minutes to do like the mile walk from my truck to the truck stop in the bathroom, do my business, and walk all the way back to where I parked. I mean, sure, I could use the walk being that I sit for like 10 hours a day driving, but... Okay, the real answer is that I'm lazy, all right? There, I said it. What do you want from me? You say it's nasty that truckers have pee bottles. I say it's efficient. What's not efficient is the fact that I don't eat my breakfast and drive. I just eat two granola bars, but then all the crumbs would get on my pants and on the seat and all over the floor, and it was just a mess. So then I just took like the extra 10 minutes to sit down and eat, and I just sit there and watch Alex the Trucking Guy on YouTube, and I'm like, this guy is great. Subscribed. All right, That's aside not a pee bottle at the end. Is well, it? I was gonna say, aside from Alex's, um, you know, pee pee granola crumb hands, uh, pretty pretty realistic <laughs> take on trucking. I mean, it it makes sense when they go. No, it's just the truck stop is like, even when you're in the parking lot, it's still a hassle to walk back yeah. and forth, especially if you're there for ten hours. Yeah, if you're parked way at the back of the lot, you know, if you get there at two a.m., you're pretty far away. And look at his truck; it's a nice, clean truck. So it's not yeah. just like the dirty, gross guys out there doing it. Everybody does it, but you got to be polite and up after your mess you know don't leave the bottles sitting out in the parking lot throw it in a throw it in a plastic baggie throw it in the trash on your way out i was gonna say looking at the inside of his truck and the way he was moving things around he looks a little ocd to me to be peeing in a bottle I, it's, <laughs> he just said he's like you know what the, the reason is the reason like it's it's it takes a long time to walk back and forth you know, especially in the I middle just of the night you remember right? to take the gopro off his forehead 
<laughs> oh, yeah. Well, you know, you, you need content all the time when you're one of those big time TikTokers, right? So, so you end up, <laughs> as the bar gets lower and lower, you start, you just have to bring people deeper and deeper into your, your life. <laughs> Is there like, I would have to imagine like the best bottle would have been like a big gulp. Like with, with the, with the, cause then it's not too big. You're talking like, I remember when I broke my ankle, I'd use one of those bottles and I had like a 32 ounce, like big gulp, like with the big mouth wide opening. Good stuff. What would you recommend? Man Gatorade, jar? Gatorade bottles. Gatorade not, bottles with the wide yeah, mouth. Yeah. You got to go Gatorade. Gatorade. Yeah. Something like that. Right. You're not going to. No, not like a five soap. gallon Lowe's bucket or something. Well, yeah. No. Just Depends on how much I had to drink sometimes. Yeah. You Depends. Know. You just wear a diaper? Yeah. Just go, man. Just no <laughs> diaper. Is that a thing? Do, do some truckers wear, like, I mean, the ones I that stadium are buddy. No, stadium buddy. Remember the stadium buddies? The Wizenator? Uh-uh. Yeah, the Wizenator. Isn't there that how go. you got oh, through college football? Yes. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's exactly it. Uh, Justin, let's find out how to become a trucker so you, too, can um, have a reason to go pee in a pee bottle. Mm-hmm. Here's, a, here's the TikTok from Justin. <laughs> I would get asked this question all the time when I was at the postal service. Letter carriers would come up to me and say, hey, how do I become a truck driver? Uh, and I didn't really have any good news for them. See, the postal service only hired experienced drivers. And in order to get experience, you have to get hired somewhere. And the way you get hired somewhere is either you go on your own, take out loans and pay for a truck driver school yourself, or you get hired with a carrier that pays for you to go through training. Now, me personally, I got hired with Schneider back in 07. Stayed with it for 18 months, paid off my CDL, and then went on to a different company. Now, if you're paying for a CDL school yourself, you're going to have recruiters there that will hire you right out of school. Now, is every program perfect? No. Uh, mine was basically a two-week crash course, and then uh, you get your CDL, and then you get a couple days off, and then you're back in the truck for another two weeks with a training engineer, and then you pass that, and then you're basically left on your own. So depending on your length of career, knowing what you know now, what would you have done differently if you had to start all over again? Interesting. What would you have done differently? I probably would have asked how to find parking at a truck stop. <laughs> when I was with my training engineer, he was on a dedicated run. So he was home every other day. So every other ah, night we were just parked true. at the operating center and he parked at the same truck stop every single night. So he knew where he was going. He had a sweet kick run. Um, but when I was left on my own, I had to like relearn how to you know, find truck parking and do actual trip planning you know they didn't really kind of cover that early on so yeah it was a pretty rough couple weeks uh, early on for old jmart here i imagine that would be true learning the social etiquettes of trucking and being at the and and being at the truck stops right i mean people got to do things you go ah rookie yeah right it also kind of speaks the importance of go ahead yeah the emphasis was just was just how to back how to get your cdl and you know be safe as a driver but as far as like the on your own kind of stuff you're you have to figure that out yourself or talk to other drivers yeah like you can go to trucking school and learn how to drive a truck but it, not necessarily become a trucker or a respected trucker or a less frustrated trucker because you have it's taking you too long to figure out there's a lot of planning involved in, well you got to go to justin business. martin's finishing school for truckers you got to go to teach and you, you how to you know proper <laughs> etiquette in a shower and you got to watch like alex the trucking guy right. and i uh, eat yep. sitting down so you don't get crumbs everywhere right. and get a bottle to keep <laughs> in the car because everyone does it and you shouldn't be a stadium shame. buddy and proper bottle mouth opening for we'll get our own branded mouth. bottles our own yeah. branded bottles now would you <laughs> recommend driving for usps for schneider well it's hourly um you have better benefits with the government um I would mm. say if if you're if you have zero experience at all, for sure get hired with a carrier, get your experience, and then 
the postal service is always hiring right now. They're desperate. The older guys are retiring faster than they can be replaced. So it's not a bad uh, path to go down. You know, they reached out recently too. I think we're, we'll be having the postmaster on what the truck pretty soon. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. I put that in. Do you have to wear a wool suit if you're a truck driver there? Yeah. What? You have to wear a wool suit if you're a truck driver there? Like the, the Oh, I don't know. Did you have have your own uniform? Okay. Now we have polo shirts or uh, button downs. There you go. Yeah. Well, hey, we talked about this on Monday. We talked about Capitol Records signing the first ever AIAR rapper. Well, it was short-lived. Capitol Records has already canceled the rapper. Look at this. Rip. Uh, Capitol Records recording artist FK Mina or FN Mika. FN Mika or something. He was signed from 822 to 823.22. They canceled him. (laughs) They said the content of uh, an AI rapper is just too controversial and... (laughs) It upset and offended people. I don't know. Are you? What do you think this says for the economy of AI artists, Justin? Good. Well, he's still out there. He just got his uh, record deal canceled, so they're just gonna he's, have to regroup and rebrand. Yeah, he's indie now. He's an indie rapper. Well, yeah, indie. hey, there goes John Kingston. It's a little too late to make it on the show. If he runs real quick, we can get him on camera. In the meantime, find me on Twitter at Timothy Dooner. Hey, he's almost here. Find him at Vincent the Dude. Uh, subscribe Hello. to What the Truck Review, get your podcast. Look up Drilling Deep, his show, to find out about oil. Don't be a Great stranger. Great to be here in Chattanooga, everybody. Great, Great to be here. Hey, Great peace to be and love. Here. Good to see you, Great too, Jet Johnny. stuff. That's, you know. Jake.